Welcome to Bridging Gaps, the business podcast sharing the challenges and stories of fellow business owners. Hello, in this week's episode of Bridging Gaps, the business podcast, I was joined by Geraldine Joachim of Mind Your Business and Sam Gold of Gold HR. We were once again in a Tuesday 1515 live webinar recording where we talked about how to stay mentally healthy, taking questions from the audience and also sharing the experiences of Sam and Geraldine. This is something which had high visibility all through the beginning of this year. And then it's been really easy to lose sight of it as we try and get ourselves through the global pandemic in which this was recorded in. But it's so important that we don't lose sight of it and that we take action, not just to remedy situations which we might see taking place, but also to try and prevent problems and to help people to to look after their mental health throughout all of this and going forward. So join me now as I'm speaking with Sam Gold and Geraldine Joachim. Today I'm joined by Sam Gold and Sam is the founder of Gold HR and is working very hard with their clients at the moment to try and well help them through all of the different hurdles that, that they find uh, find themselves in. And Geraldine Joachim, and Geraldine is the founder of Mind Your Business, and Geraldine works with people um, in all times, not just during lockdown, to really try and make sure that they're, you know, managing their well-being, that they're keeping people as, you know, happy and mentally healthy as possible. So I thought they would be two great people to join me today to talk about how do we stay mentally healthy in this period of time and going forward as well just generally because the workplace the our lives you're probably not going to go back to the normal that we used to know so what can we do to make sure that we're keeping everybody um you know happy and well or as happy and well as we can be um in any given situation so um thank you sam and geraldine for joining me how are you guys today very good thank you yeah, thank you very much for having us. I think we're looking forward to talking about a, a pretty topical subject at the moment. This is very topical, isn't it? It's one of those things where it was so high on everybody's agenda um, before the coronavirus. And then I think people just went into, you know, everybody reacted differently, but it was kind of that, you know, freeze mode of, oh, my God, what do I do? Um, and just really reactive. And that we're now at the point of hopefully starting to be a bit more proactive. Well, there's lots of uncertainties, but trying to look forward a bit more. Absolutely. I think from certainly from my point of view, and I'm sure from Geraldine's as well, I think mental health in general um, is a really topical area anyway. Um, I think from my point, my perspective at the moment, I think some of that may be getting a little bit lost. That's why it'd be really, really good to um, get some sort of input and, and perspective on it today because everybody's still a bit in panic. There's a bit of there's a crisis. We're in panic. We're not necessarily um, where we need to be. So it'll be really good to um, talk around the subject a bit more. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, just Geraldine, I'll just say to people as you're watching, I'm just putting up a couple of polls. So as you're listening to Geraldine, um, please go ahead and answer those as well. There'll be another one popping up in a minute. And sorry, Geraldine, continue. You were going to respond. 
Yeah, I'll just, you know, this this sort of um, mental health arena and well-being as well, because it's not all about um, helping people when they're in a place of suffering. This is also about supporting them to stay well. And that's a really key point. And of course, you know, as Pam said, you know, we all know everything. It kind of felt like it all just disappeared because obviously our focus changed rather dramatically um i saw a gartner poll uh probably around the beginning of april that things like training and coaching and certainly recruitment those were the things that just fell away you know literally they they fell off a cliff because companies were uh obviously and rightly so busy trying to 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 kind of work out what they were going to do how they were going to get people to work from home um and also whether they would need to be you know how they could support how how the cash flow would continue because ultimately without that you know everything else has to fall by the wayside uh, absolutely and I, and i think there were a lot of situations where people um immediately stop spending and I, I do remember um, a friend of mine actually coming you know sending a message and going I've just been told that I'm not needed for the foreseeable future I'm going to cancel this 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 and this and and it's that immediate reaction and I said well well hang on a second you know evaluate the situation don't leap in to cancel but of course in business that's what people did as well actually I don't need this so I'm going to cancel this 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 and this which impacted then all of the other businesses who are suddenly going oh shoot all my contracts or all my work has just dried up and as you say it all just kind of dropped by by the wayside didn't it absolutely so so I can see here we've got um, a few um, things. We've got some, most people on here are saying actually that their mental health is about the same as it was before with somebody um, thinking, or not thinking, but thinking that they're actually, it's better than it was before, which is great. Um, and, and then most people are still actually currently feeling quite confident about um, staying mentally healthy right now. So what would be great is if into the chat, if you could just pop in um, a message to just let me know what it is that you're hoping to get out of um, the session today and also any questions that you have that you want to ask Sam um, or Geraldine about, you know, how do we stay healthy and how do we maintain um, the brightness as we go forward? Because personally, I know, you know, today it's a beautiful sunny day. I immediately feel brighter and more cheerful and more able to cope with absolutely everything. Um, but last week when it was a little bit dim and dismal, um, I definitely found it harder to to maintain that, you know, optimism. So, um, you know, what about you, Geraldine? How did you, you know, do you find that the weather's impacting you? Absolutely. It absolutely does. You know, we had quite a wet and miserable winter. I have a dog. I have to walk. So I absolutely noticed the amount of time we had to wash her down. I know you've got a dog as well, Deborah. Um, and when we had the sunshine and the warmth and the dryness that came through probably from March onwards, it, it, it was welcome, you know, for sure. Now, also, you know, I am aware that, that a I have garden space and b I have places to walk not everybody has that and that that you know 
makes a big impact, that being able to get outside. That's one of the things I think the government took on board really early on, that people needed to be able to get out once a day for their daily exercise. I know there are all sorts of things around it, you know, that poor couple that were caught by the drone walking in the middle of the dales in Derbyshire and, you know, <laughs> you know, ridiculously pinned up of how not to do it. Um, but people need that connection with the outside, the, the ability to go out and exercise. Um, seeing, you know, the sunshine it absolutely helps with our, our mental state, yeah. yeah. And Sam, from a, an employee, um, employer perspective, is there anything that you would say, you know, that employers should be saying to their employees, you know, Normally, you sat at your desk from nine till five or whatever it is. Should they be encouraging um, a change of approach and encouraging them to get out at whatever time you know works best for them rather than being tied to the normal working day? I think absolutely. I think we're, we're in unprecedented times, as we all keep saying. And I think for a lot of employers, the situation we find ourselves in now is pushing the boundaries. Uh, many like people being in the office and they're able to see what's going on. And we've got a couple of scenarios now. We've got people either working from home. Um, so they are they're at home, probably with the partner, with the dog, with the children, with everything else going on. Um, and then you've also got the people that have been furloughed, so are at home, but aren't actually working as such. So they're not able to work. Um, and I think as, so dealing with the employee side of things, I think absolutely. I think it's there as long as somebody knows what's expected of them when they're at home work wise. There is no reason that that flexibility can't be afforded to what people are doing when the weather's nice. Go out for a walk. Um, go and do the things that you are able to go and do. Interact with people when you're able to do it and try and find some peace that works for you. Um, I'm trying to homeschool as well, which is an absolute nightmare. Um, so you're trying to juggle and spill all of these plates and try to be good at everything. And you know what? You have to be able to cut a bit of slack because you can't be all of things to everybody all of the time. So what my you know my clients are doing is actually you know they're, they're being clear on what they're expecting from people, but as and when they do it, unless there's deadlines at particular times you know, they're doing what they can to support people in the environment they find themselves in. And I think that's really, really important. Um, for those people that are furloughed, obviously those that are at home that aren't able to work, um, maybe haven't gone and taken another job, maybe aren't volunteering. Actually, that's really tough because um, you've got no connection to what's going on. You're not part of what's happening normally. So the other part is, I appreciate it, it says you're not able to work. But you know what? They are still able to take part in some team meetings. They are still part um, to understand what's going on in the business. So make sure those people are, drawn, are bought into or aware of what's going on and, and given the opportunity to do that. So flexibility is absolutely key. Absolutely. And beyond this, and I'm sure this will come up um, at some point anyway, but beyond this, it's going to push employers to probably think in a more flexible way, because all of a sudden we can see that these things do work. They're not always perfect, but we can do things differently. The thing is that they're not perfect in the office either. So it's not that you're going, oh, we were in a perfect situation and we've moved to an imperfect one. It's we move from one imperfect one to another imperfect one. And it's just different to, to the way it was before. Um, so, so, Geraldine, I was going to ask when, when you're working with businesses, you know, outside of lockdown, um, there's normal, there's obviously things that you're normally advising and suggesting that they do and how they, you know, help to keep people well. 
Are there any things that they should do differently now or anything specific that you would say because of the situation we're in, you should definitely be doing this instead of as well of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, um, Sam just touched on that, you know, part of work, the reason we enjoy going into work is because we feel like we're part of a community, we have identity in it, we put on our uniform, whether it's office clothes or, or actually a uniform, it all helps to make us feel like a collective that we belong. And that is really hardwired in, in our, our genes, in our DNA, we absolutely want to belong in places. And we have different kind of tribes that we belong to, obviously, our family, our friends, but work, does provide a huge sense of, um, you know, our, our where we sit in life, you know, our, our sense of community, our um, how much we offer, you know, we, we're part of that jigsaw. Um, so that's one thing that that probably working from home, people being slightly more spread out, has impacted because that's changed. Um, I also hear quite a lot about, you know, in the office, somebody might have a certain status, you know, their managers or their directors at home. You haven't got that anymore. You know, you haven't got people that they would normally rely on to provide certain amenities, whether it's getting a, you know, the, the, the tea or coffee, whether it is um, just making their lives easier, because most partners don't suddenly decide to, to take up the mantle of somebody's PA or willingly. So, so their status is very impacted. Um, and a lot of people are having to tackle new technology that perhaps they've resisted before. We are all on you know, these uh, video conferencing things nowadays. Um, if you hadn't had to deal with that before, you, suddenly being rammed into it, forced into it is quite tricky. Um, but one of the things that I <laughs> was always throughout before lockdown and now was that communication. Communication was always key, whether someone's in the office or but now we need to do it more because it's very easy for you to maybe set up a once a, a week meeting, you know, once a week check-in for somebody to just say, yeah, they're doing fine, they're doing fine, and just to brush it off. But actually, sometimes it needs a little bit more than just that weekly thing because people – there's a lot of work around removing the stigma around poor mental health, um, but it's still there. People don't like to discuss it. It's still seen as a weakness. It's still seen as intensely, per, uh, you know, sort of private. I I liken it to, um, you know, if somebody were to ask you about your personal finances or your sex life, you'd be as reluctant to talk about them as a lot of people are about their mental well-being, their mental health. So it's about really getting in there before it becomes a problem. So supporting stuff, you know, giving tools and and um, support before it becomes a problem, and and that's key. And at the moment, you know, the difference between the stuff I'm talking about now pr and prior to lockdown a lot more about how stress impacts on our immune systems because clearly at the moment we want to have very robust immune systems. Well. Stress is one of the key things that, that supports that because when we're in a state of stress, our immune system gets switched off because we're ready for that freeze, flight, fight um, state. So, yeah, so there is a slight shift in the things I'm talking about, but actually it's, 
it's it's very similar to to how it was before because mental health works in the same way. We're just in slightly different circumstances. And I've just I've got a question here about um, the fact that we're all on Zoom at the moment. So as you said, you know, we're all suddenly in this new technical world, um, and not everybody's comfortable in being on. Um, you know, as we are now, that we're sitting here, we're on camera, um, and we're looking at ourselves. Um, you know, at least when you're in a meeting, you're not unless you're sat next to the mirror, which I try and avoid, um, you know, you're not actively watching yourself. Are you finding that there are questions coming up from people around, you know, that actually Zoom itself, well, not necessarily Zoom, any tool itself is making, um, you know, people feel more stressed? And and if so, what can we do to 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 help them to to not feel so worried about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is a, that, that's, that's a question that does come up a lot. There are actually technology does help. I don't know about all the platforms, but I learned recently that Zoom has that facility to turn your own camera off so that you're not looking at yourself. You're still there, by the way, because actually I think it's really important that we all see each other's faces. Not I don't necessarily want to see my own, but I definitely want to see yours because um, – we are, I mean, in this situation, you know, we've, we've got to gauge who's going to talk next. It's, it's really hard if you're not seeing who, who's, who's going to talk next and then everybody's piling in on top or there's silence. Um, so there, there is some help in technology. Otherwise, you know, we don't know how long this lockdown is going to happen. I know there are kind of rumblings now about things getting, you know, easing slightly. Um, but we don't know how the individual companies are going to react, whether, as as was mentioned earlier, you know, that, that actually this has been a, a, an amazing time for companies to reassess whether they need people in an office or whether they can operate from home. I have heard about big companies like um, Sky, uh, their sales teams, um, actually they're saying well maybe once a week in the office because we don't need people to be wasting time commuting we don't you know they they can run their lives they don't need to be in that nine to five kind of routine they can do the school drop off they can do some work they can take a dog out for a walk they can do some more work and you know you can run your life really nicely around work rather than fitting into into that nine to five so um yeah so so that's zoom thing to some degree, we we have to get used to it. It it might become more prevalent more. as we go. Yeah. So so um, and actually, just while we're on it, for those of you who do use Zoom, basically when you're looking at it um, and you're looking at your own picture, there's normally when you point to the corner, you'll see three little dots, and if you click onto those three dots, you'll see hide myself. Don't know the exact wording, but I know it works, and I use it. Um, I can't do it, unfortunately, on here, so I have to watch myself doing all sorts of things and worrying that my hair is doing things I don't want it to. And um, But um, Sam, I was going to ask you, if somebody really is finding that technology aspect difficult, do you have any suggestions as to what we could do to to kind of try and take away some of that pressure? You know, whether it's, you know, saying, yeah, actually, this meeting is just a phone call. Um, or, you know, other ways to help get that balance of seeing people and having that interaction and, and, and people's stress levels. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, m much of this is also about managers learning how to manage remotely. 
And actually, as a manager, we all know good management practices that you understand your team, you understand how they want to be engaged with, and you understand their preferred sort of engagement style. Um, for people, as, as Geraldine said, that maybe don't like the idea of being in front of technology, I think we all hate it. Um, I hate, we all hate seeing ourselves. It's like, oh my gosh. Um, so you look for ways to do that. Now I'll be a bit flippant here, but on Zoom you can you can put a caricature up, can't you? You can put a picture up. You can put your potato up there or whatever you want to be. Now that might not be appropriate if you're having a, a you know a client call, obviously. But if you're having a team call and you feel uncomfortable, that might be a way for you to have some visibility without physically putting your presence there. If somebody really does have an issue, it might be as you suggested, Deborah, that actually it's pick up the phone to that person. I think and it but there is an element that I think where we're at is going to continue to develop. I think we're not going to go back to normal. Our normal is now different. We're not going to go back to in a two weeks time going into the office and everybody being together. So I think there is an element for everybody that we've got to learn to adapt. And that might be a gradual process for somebody. So for any line manager, I think it's really understanding and initially picking up the phone, understanding what people are comfortable to do, what are they not comfortable to do, how could they support that person to actually get into the habit or be happy to use Zoom or another or Skype or whatever you know an organisation is using and actually help build their confidence in doing that. And if it means turning the camera off for a bit, so be it. Um, work with somebody because ultimately it, it is going to be here to stay for a while. Um, but we all know you can hide behind emails. So they're always there, depending on what you need to do. You've got other forms of communication. So it's, it's thinking about what's what's what needs to be done. How does the person like to work and how actually can I best support them? The other part in all this is it comes back a little bit to how we work. It is flexibility. It's being we might have done everything the way we did before and, and that worked or maybe it didn't work. But now we don't have that rigidity. We don't have that same process, those same systems. So let's be a bit flexible. Let's look outside the box and let's try things that are a bit different. And, and, and what have we got to lose, actually? And for some people, I think, as Geraldine said, you know, it may well be a lot of organisations are not going to go back to the office in the traditional form. Many will be looking at saving the, co the cost of rent all sorts of things. So we are going to evolve, whether a lot of us like it or not, we, we will change. And it's getting those people that maybe find it harder, not necessarily reluctant, but find things harder to come along to that journey with you by involving them in it. And, and interestingly, there's just been a comment um, in the chat saying that um, somebody's been collaborating collaborating with a colleague um, who specializes in inclusion and has found that actually right now inclusion is actually easier. Um, so it, it's, it's quite interesting, but I've also got a question about, you know, what if you have somebody, um, in your life, not even necessarily in work, but who already struggles with mentally, me mental health, um, and now you're, you know, having to deal with them, I, sh I shouldn't say deal with them, having to interact with them, you know, remotely, um, as, you know, said we could hide behind the emails, all sorts of things. How, how can we take steps to, to help them to make sure that this doesn't impact them, uh, you know, more negatively um, than maybe others who were already fairly robust. Geraldine, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, I mean, that is really tricky. You know, the, the statistics from uh, mental health services ha is that the, 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 the number of people calling in and requiring help has dropped. Okay. Now, this is really worrying. 
it's because they these people haven't just gone away and haven't suddenly developed really good mental health. It's because the you know the coronavirus has taken over. They are even more worried about going out and seeing you know the mental health services and um, being in contact. So there is going to be um, some kind of tsunami coming on after that. I mean, the, 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 the you know the, the NHS was struggling anyway in their mental health services. Um, so, yeah, that it, it is going to be worrying times. Now, added to that, we obviously have the loneliness that lockdown is potentially bringing, um, the anxiety that people feel, you know, about every time you step out, you have to go to a supermarket or interact with people. There's a lot of anxiety around all of that. So it's um, communication has to be key. And um, as Sam said, you know, communicating in the way that they want. So it may be uh, through telephone, it may be through face-to-face. Hopefully at some point we can have some kind of more personal contact mm. because that, that does make a difference. Sitting uh, in a room with somebody, you know, ma- makes a massive difference to, um, to to all of our mental health. Um, it is about communication. That's ultimately all that you can do now there is obviously um, training involved around it so um, making sure that you know where to signpost people if they do need help because those services are still there they haven't disappeared they are still there I know all our attention is on you know this physical issue Um, so it is it is communicating talking to people making sure that they have their resources around them as well so opening up those conversations about what they are doing to support their mental health are they you know getting exercise fresh air are they looking after their um alcohol intake that's also <laughs> a big problem uh are they um you know have they got support systems around them in, on a personal level now you know, it, it's tricky and it's delicate because you are moving into personal lives. Mm-hmm. But ultimately supporting some, you know, your your work, your, your employee coming in to work or, or working from home is a whole person. They don't just leave personal stuff at home and start work and that's it. Um, so it's so it's it is a little bit of of making sure that they have got support in other areas of their lives. It's also recognizing that actually the manager or the owner of the business is not potentially the right person. They might need some kind of buddy system, you know, with a colleague, a peer that that would work um, better than having a manager phoning in once a week for a for a well being talk, that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's so many little funny videos and memes going around. All of those things are also communication. It's not always about work and how are you and what are your feelings and what's your... It's about just keeping those that, that dialogue open, keeping the communication open, um, lifting them up as well, not always just worrying about them sinking down. But, but yeah, definitely a closer eye on, on people who perhaps will... will potentially need more support. Great. Thanks, Geraldine. Um, And Sam, just on that bit about, you know, maybe you're the wrong person to be speaking to them. Um, You know, any suggestions, I guess, almost from an HR perspective, as well as generally, how do you 
Um, you know, so quite often, this is my experience, you know, quite often the manager will think that they're best buddies with everybody. But because there's that, you, you know, the reality is you report to that person, there is still um, a, a reluctance to maybe be as open with them as as they might like or assume that you are. How how do you overcome that from both sides? As the manager who's going, oh, no, no, they tell me everything. To them, and the employee's going, I'm not going to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of it will depend on the size and the resource of the company. I mean, ultimately, one, it's it's about an awareness of, of people. So it comes back to my point about um, understanding the people that work for you. Um, but it's also providing, going back to Geraldine's point about signposting people to the to, to what resource or support is available so in larger organizations you may well have mental health first aiders that work within the business so if you've got somebody that's struggling whether it's a work-related mental health issue or a personal um, issue there's somebody there that's trained in order to help support them and signpost them in the right way and actually it doesn't really make any difference to the manager in that point if the manager is picking up a concern or um, a reluctance maybe in the individual they may well be able to if they've got that service there be able to sort of point them to it just to say this may be a useful resource for you some organizations have what's called an employee assistance program as well so there's additional support that they can provide through there um, could there be an issue with regard to the, the pride of the manager and the fact that they can't necessarily support that person in the right way yeah there could be um, but I think the current situation is pushing everybody I'm not going to say out of their comfort zones because some people won't be, but they're pushing them to do things um, in different ways and to look at things differently. And I think most people will have an understanding um, that different people respond to different things in different ways. And one of the things that I've been trying to do with clients, um, particularly of those that we know have got mental health issues, um, is to engage with them. As, as Geraldine said, you know, communication really is key. And it sounds really flippant when you say that, isn't it? You know, communicate with them. It really isn't. And the communication you do with them isn't just, um, you know, picking up the phone and saying hello. It might be all sorts of different ways of doing that. But it's giving them the opportunity. They might not want to share with you, but who else and how else can they share where else can they go and I suppose I'm talking about this very much from a from an HR point of view so mm. employees point of view but there's all sorts of things that organizations can do um, you don't need to be trained ideally it would be brilliant if you are but actually just somebody that's got a bit of empathy somebody that can can relate to somebody and help maybe translate what somebody else is feeling or thinking or wanting is, is, is a big step in the right direction um, there's a you know there's a there's an awful as Geraldine said there's an awful lot of support still out there you know the charities the helplines those types of things still are there for people but some people still won't pick up the phone um, another thing one of my clients is doing actually with regard to he's got a couple of people technical people that are used to working on their own anyway um, now he's had to furlough some people but he's rotating so he so in order for that person not to be at home for too long a period of time, they'll have a three week period. They're then rotating people so that actually people are not left at home on their own for too long. So actually they are with social distancing measures in the office. They are able to open up that opportunity for people to come in, and still remain engaged. A lot of people go to work for lots of other reasons other than the money. So if we look at it on the basis that for many, that is part of their social life being shut at home on your own with nothing is really, really difficult. To be able to come into an office, maybe with a few people less than you would have seen before, 
goes a, a long, a long, long way. So there's lots of different things. And what the what the, the business needs to do is it needs to look at what else could they facilitate? What else could they provide? What support can they give the managers in order to support them in supporting their staff as well? Because it is really important. Some of them haven't got the skills to hear or know how to support those people. But if they know that they know somebody's struggling, what support, where else can I go? That goes a long way as well. And and I think, as you said, actually, both of you, you know, just in terms of keeping that conversation up and it not having to always be whenever we have a meeting that it's always about work it could just be sending a joke it could be almost replacing that you know the 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 typical water cooler conversation that you're having those you know by email or a quick friendly zoom chat which is just about chatting rather than being about work that you know the purpose is to say hey how's it going and oh by the way my dog which he is is giving me dirty looks because he wants to go for a walk Uh, you know like he's laying down and lifting his head and looking at me like are we going yet no, you're still talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't heard making the funny noises, but but just sharing those little things which you might have shared in an office environment, um, which you don't feel you can necessarily have that conversation when you're in a meeting, because a meeting is different to a chat. So so putting some of those in place as well. Um, are there any, I guess, any signs? So, so Sam, um, you know, you were talking about employers and. You know, if my if my team isn't currently showing any signs of of extra stress, um, and I'm doing some of those you know things that you've mentioned already, are there any signs that I can look out for in my people to go actually? No, I can see the start of maybe a problem here, and and I want to just nip it in the bud, you know, to help them before it becomes a big issue. Is there something that, you know, we can be looking out for? And and again, I, I would imagine this applies not just to an employer employee, but to anybody that we're relating to. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, much, much of what I'll say at the moment, it, it relates to normal employed life as well. So when, when you're in the office in a normal environment, um, but often some of the key things when people are, and we'll talk about it, is maybe struggling, finding things hard. We don't necessarily know why they're finding it hard, but often the obvious signs are that actually work is not being delivered either on time or to the same standard that you would normally expect. Now, bearing in mind that we're in where we're at and there has to be a certain amount of flexibility in how people are uh, responding to what's being asked of them but it might well be that you notice that actually the quality of somebody's work isn't as good as it normally is they're maybe not turning things around as, as much as they they or as quickly as they may have done previously they're often indications that people are struggling um now as I said, bear in mind current circumstance, that may well do that. And you may well find out through conversations with them, that actually, you know, I've got the kids shouting in the background, I've got the husband doing X, Y, and Z. It's it's okay. They are a bit, you know, they've got a lot on, but it's okay. Um, the other thing as well is if you know your employees reasonably well, and, and it is always something that I'd encourage line managers to do. You don't need to know the ins and outs of their personal life, but actually to understand them a bit, know how we you know what, what sparks them. Um, mood and attitude make a big, big difference. You'll often pick up quite quickly um, if somebody doesn't seem quite as engaged as they normally are. They're a bit more distant. They're a bit more remote. Now, that is probably easier to hide through technology. 
Uh -huh. you're not going to see those physical signs as much so you you have to be a little bit more clever in how you do that it might be that the questions that you ask people you know but actually taking the time and effort to find out how what's it like working at home how are you managing you know I was talking to, I was talking to somebody earlier on and she was saying to me they got she got five five adults all working in separate rooms in the house and she said actually and that's really tough you know and you just think well I don't know anything about you why is that it's taking the time and effort to be interested in people and looking for things that are out of the norm and are different. They're probably the more obvious things that in the circumstance we're in at the moment that would be the signs that you would you would look for. Um, if you're in the office, you know, you might well see it through things like sickness, absence. You might see that they're, they might be late into work. They might have more more time off work. That's harder to see at the moment because uh -huh. that that will be hidden. That will be hidden in amongst not being in the office. But those are probably a couple of key things to look out for. That's great, Sam. Thank you. Um, and Geraldine, I was just wondering if you've got um, any techniques or anything that you could share to say, well, actually, if, if you are feeling a bit stressed or wound up, um, you know, that you could just say, yeah, actually, if I just try this for a few minutes, it might help to, to just regain perspective again or, or take me out of, you know, a moment of overwhelm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are a number of things you can do. One of the simplest, not always easiest, is just is breathing. And that is widely used across um, medical sectors, across the military, as a way to reground. So there are lots of different techniques. The one I advocate the most, one I talk about the most, is the 7-Eleven technique. So you, you breathe in through your nose, you count to seven, you pause, and you breathe out through your mouth, counting to 11, you pause, and you do it again. Now, you do it around six or seven times. That will take you around two minutes in two minutes, you know, that's how long it takes for your heart rate to get back to a normal uh, beating rhythm. Um, so it just allows your chemical sort of balances inside to kind of rebalance a little bit. Um, it also means that when you're filling your head with those numbers, not only the seven and the 11, but how many times, is that one, is that two, have I done three, four, but you know, you cannot focus on whatever's been worrying you whatever's got you into that kind of a state because we cannot our brains can't focus on two things at once there's no such thing as multitasking <laughs> what happens is that that stuff slips away and we focus on the numbers and we love numbers generally because we all know that two comes after one and then it's three and it's very methodical so so that's a really good skill now the key to it is not just to grab hold of it when you need it but to build up a practice of it. So just like we all brush our teeth, you know, twice a day for two minutes a day to prevent decay, you can do breathing exercises just once a day for two minutes. That will help to build up some, you know, resistance, some resilience to feeling anxious or overwhelmed. Um, another one you can use is something called STOP. It was developed by John Kabat-Zinn, who's the uh, father of mindfulness. So um, when you're feeling that kind of overwhelm, you just stop. You you stop for a moment. Um, you just take stock, have a look at what's around you. Um, now I've forgotten what the O is for. You um, just reassess what's in front of you before you proceed again. I obviously didn't use the right mnemonics, um, but um, but that's a really good way. Again, it's two minutes just to to stop that kind of 
anxiety is a lot of it is about your thoughts kind of tumbling over it's it, they get out of hand and and really it's just um interrupting that train of thoughts so that you can just regroup um and lastly another one is um the 54321 grounding technique so wherever you are you um see try and look for five things around you you um listen for sounds you also um feel stuff so you know the seat that you're sitting on or your hair or something so you touch something um what did i get to was that two or one i can't remember now but there's um <laughs> and then you smell something oh two two smells and one taste smells quite tricky because you know <laughs> tuned in um, and obviously having something that you've got with you that you can taste um, again they are just things that stop tumbling thoughts that ground you in the moment um, but with all these things a lot better if you can build up a practice of them rather than just trying to grab hold of them you know in the moment because actually you're not in your right mind you know we have all these kind of little little sayings that that actually indicate that we understand that we have this kind of logical reasonable state of mind where we'd like to normally be and we also have this state of mind where everything's completely out of control we, we we're stressed and we, we we're just not the person that that we would normally be um, when you're in that state it's very difficult to be logical and to reach for things that you need so having those things that as a practice means that it kind of second nature and you can just pull on them really easily um but um yeah so so there are lots of different things but i would say that everybody is individual you can't go in and prescribe that everybody needs to take up mindfulness or everybody should be doing meditation or everybody should be i don't know doing exercise or everybody is individual you need to find your own little toolkit that works for you me i really like um i like going out running i like walking my dog being in nature i know if i'm in the middle i mean a number of times i've been in the middle of something and technology does something that really is just um technology's real purpose in life <laughs> yeah. it's not to make i know if i could just take a break, half an hour, take my dog out for a quick walk, come back, I'm in a much better frame of mind. So that would absolutely be a strategy that I would have personally. It's not for everybody. So, Well, and I was going to say, you know, both you and Sam run, I, I'm clearly, you know, inviting the wrong people to these things. <laughs> if you want to guess, I'm not running. It's amazing. Um, what I was going to say, though, that that's really great, Geraldine. And I know that, um, you know, that whole logical, rational thing it is so key because when, you know, we can sit there and we can look at somebody else or even ourselves. And, and I know I've done this where I've gone logically. I know, uh, sorry, rationally, I know that this is a situation. I, I, I can see that it's not a problem or the, you know, whatever it is. But emotionally, I, I can't deal with it. Um, and it doesn't matter how much you try and talk yourself into the logical perspective. 
you've actually got to deal with those emotions. And, and when you're seeing, I, I saw a lot of this really at the beginning, that there were so many people, you know, on social media coming out and they were saying, you know, rationally, we should do, 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 do. And it's like, those people aren't going to hear you because they're not rational at the moment. They're caught up in their emotions. And it doesn't matter how much you talk to them or how much you explain, it is just giving them a tool that is going to help them to deal with their emotions and then they'll figure out their own logic um, and, and be able to see the, the rational version of it, even if it's not quite the version you wanted them to see. <laughs> As unfortunately, people do have their own opinions, which is, you know, <laughs> it's really... <laughs> I'm sure that should be allowed to do No. <laughs> that's a really important point, though. I mean, from what both you and Geraldine have just said is that there are so many different ways to help out there it is finding and sometimes in its own right that can be really overwhelming um it's just knowing because i i don't know i'm sure i'm not alone but you look at things and you think actually I, I don't know which way to go um but you have to be prepared to try you have to be prepared to give something a go and think you know okay that didn't work but there's these other these these other areas i can i can try and you will find something that resonates with you um so uh, yeah but there is a lot of support and, and help and techniques out there. Well, and I remember um, some years ago when I, I was really stressed and life was really tough and, and I was seeing a counsellor. And the thing that she actually said to me, which still sticks in my mind, is um, ruminating. So um, when you go over and over something in your mind your body reacts as if you're you're going through it so I don't know if that's my phone or something else beeping but um apologies um and, and, and that you you relive it so your body tenses up and does all of those things um and she said to me she said so if you realize that you're ruminating you know so it's kind of like as soon as you realize that's what you're doing don't just say, oh, I've got to stop. Ask yourself some questions. And basically, you know, is this something that I can do something about? No, it happened in the past. Can't change it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm just going to try and put it aside for now because I can't change it. It already happened. Is it something that I'm ruminating on that actually is a problem? Can I fix it now? No, I can't set a time for when I'm going to try and fix it. So in the morning when I wake up, at nine o'clock, I'm going to do it. And she said that would then kind of put put your mind at rest. If you weren't ignoring the problem, but you were, you know, just saying, yeah, let's put that aside for now. Or, yeah, I think I can fix it. Give yourself five minutes. Um, and then if you can't fix it in five minutes, then you put it aside. And for me, that made this huge difference because I would catch, and I still catch myself doing it. I'll think, hang on a second, you're ruminating on it. Um, is it something I can solve? You know, and, and then it's like, okay, no, I can step aside. Um, and just that little, that one word kind of stuck in my mind and it's made a massive difference to, well, how I, how I cope with certain things. Um, just going on to that, I just, sorry to interject no, no, that. But she's right. Basically, your your system, your body does not know the difference between imagination and reality. So when you over ruminate on stuff, you are activating that same stress response system as if you are in front of a life or death situation. So on a chemical level, you are increasing your flow of um, cortisol and adrenaline, which is your your stress hormones. Um, you know, so, so you are physically changing 
you know, your physiology when you over ruminate. So it takes time then. You need to rebalance that by producing serotonin, which is your happiness hormone, which helps to cap that cortisol. So, so you know, mental health is not is not all mental. It is absolutely physical as well. So that thing about, you know, going out in nature, doing a run, doing a bit of exercise, doing some it's changing you physiologically. So it is very connected. And it is, um, you know, I find it really interesting. So I um, I borrow Woody, which means that he's not here all the time. And, and I was really quite worried about whether I was going to get to see him um, during lockdown. But it's worked out because he gets dropped off on the way to people doing the shopping. Um, so, you know, it's fine. But the difference and, and how I feel when he arrives, it just it makes a huge difference to my mood. Um, and, and as you say, it's not just whether I was, you know, sort of mentally, but I think I feel physically more active and, and up for doing things, partially because of the dirty looks when I don't, you know, or if I forget to give him a dentist stick first thing in the morning, God forbid. Um, you know, but all of that just changes my my whole um, my whole being, I guess, for for that period. So um, you know, I can really see what you're saying, you know, Geraldine, that it's not just it's not just in your head. It's our, our whole body and absolutely everything. Um, and Sam, I've got a, a question here about, um, and I think one of you touched on it earlier as well. That you know, right now, it's not that you're sitting in your office and you're you're happily working away. You've got the kids. Um, I know I was on the phone to somebody the other day, and suddenly I heard crying and screaming, and um, his four-year-old had decided to cut her fringe, <laughs> and then wasn't very happy with the result. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and, and there are things that you can't ignore. You, you know, you can't just ignore your screaming, crying child, at least until you figured out why. Um, and, and is this, is this, um, I, I'm not too sure of my question. Are there ways to make people feel, Auntie, do you know what? We know that that's going to happen. Well, hopefully not the fringe cutting, <laughs> but we know that things are going to happen. And that's okay. And we know that you have to do the homeschooling. We know you have to do these things and they're impacting your normal work life, you know, cycles. And, and that's okay. And I think that that is the message that needs to come from the employer, because you know what? Everybody's in the same boat. Everybody, whether they're working from home, whether they're on site and they're, they're social distancing or whether they're furloughed, whatever, everyone is in the same boat. So and, and I have to say, I would in all of my clients that I've worked with, they've all embraced the fact that, you know what, we are where we are. There's no point, uh, you know, I'm not going to put unnecessary stress on people. If you jump on your Zoom call and actually you've got children, I do, get my girls, you know, actually it was my daughter, it's probably me pinging earlier because I've got my daughter texting me while I'm doing this saying, what's she doing in the garden? So, you know, it's what it is. And actually there is no point, they can't do, none of us can do anything about it. Um, and, and, you know, we, we all need to, and actually it's not even just the employers, we all need to accept that's what it is. So if we jump on a Zoom call like today, yeah, my phone's binging, yours might be binging. Do you know, we want, of course, we want to look professional. Of course we do. Um, but we're all struggling with those, those limitations of where we're at. And it's okay. And I think that's exactly the message that as employers is that, you know what, if, we, if we've got a client meeting, let's try and do our best. But you know what, just try and do your best. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. And I think there's very much, the one thing I've learned out of all of this is that 
you know, it's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to say that that's not going to be easy to do or actually I can't do that because we're you're managing the limitations the best you can. So it's 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 very much a mindset thing for some people. And I think because let's be honest, it's probably the only time in certainly all of our lives that we've ever had anything that has affected everyone. There's very few things that happen in life in history that everybody in the whole world is affected by, um, maybe to different degrees and to different levels and in different ways. But we all have a knock on as what's going on. So I've personally not found any of any of my clients. There might be some frustration sometimes that they're trying to get somebody to do something, but they've all been very, very good in thinking, do you know what? Don't stress about it. Really don't stress about it. If there's something I'm asking you to do and you can't do it, talk to me. Tell me and we'll work a way around it. And that's really what it comes back to. It almost comes down, excuse me, <clears throat> to the first point about communication is that it's really encouraging that that communication between people to try and say, it's fine, it's okay. Don't we've all seen, haven't we, the BBC man, the reporter, who's doing his do you remember that he's doing his um he's doing his news article in whatever interview, and child comes in the back. And then you've got the, the you've got the, the the mother or the child minder or whoever trying to drag the child out. <laughs> Like you said about cutting the hair, we've all had it. I've got clients, they've got their children on the phone. I've got to meet most of their children now. And actually, isn't that lovely? So it's so it's a mindset shift and it's accepting that we are where we are. Don't beat yourself up over it. Do the best you can. That's all we can ask of anybody. And I think in the main, I mean, you may have seen something different, but that's generally what I am seeing from most people, actually. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Just do what you can. And that's great, Sam. Thank you. Geraldine, anything that you'd like to add on that one? I've, I've had experiences well of being on a Zoom meeting when a child sort of ran across and then, you know, they quietly close their Zoom on and go <laughs> off. And actually, I think people are relaxing into it a bit more. The first week or so, everybody was sort of still thinking they were you know, in the office and it was office time. and um, But, you know, it is tricky because suddenly we're sharing our home space with children because of homeschooling mm. and partners. And, you know, and you're not, we're not just not used to being thrown together like that. You might have some people who have to share um, computers, you know, if we haven't all got computers. Um, you might be even having to say, well, you can't use the internet while I'm on the Zoom call because it, you know, the bandwidth goes down too much, or just sharing air. Everybody's got to be quiet while I'm on, you know, the Zoom. <laughs> so just be quiet. Uh, and so that, that's actually, I think, settled a little bit because we are a realizing it's impossible. It is impossible. If you've got young children, well, trying to tell a young child that they shouldn't be interrupting is is fairly tricky. Exactly. Um, and B, I think we're realizing that there's a lot to be gained out of seeing that other side of people, that that you know, that that we are that human underneath the, the professional. And you know, it doesn't mean you can't do the job or do it well and you know produce the goods. It just means that actually you're a person and a mum or a dad or a you know, and you've got these other things in your life, and that is fine. It's fine. Yeah, and I, I think that as you say, it's a really it's a nice aspect of this that suddenly we're seeing that different side of people. We're seeing the the, the person 
Um, and, and as you said, Sam, you know, we're meeting the kids, we're meeting the dogs, we're meeting, you know, the, the chaos that are some people's, you know, when all, again, actually it was the same colleague thinking about it. It was kind of silent. And I was like, oh, what have you done with the kids? <laughs> and normally when we meet, it's quite noisy in the background. And it was like, okay, they'd all been sent off to watch a video that time. But, but it's, it's just starting to, you know, just see a different side of them that you wouldn't see in the normal office environment or or if it was the actually you know I'm on a meeting now um, everything's got to be you know professional and and as you said Geraldine that doesn't take away from your ability to do the job it doesn't take away from you from your skills your knowledge your expertise it's just going actually yeah I've got to cope with a child over there who's cut her fringe um, and is now screaming I'll be back in a second um, and you know showing that actually you can then continue um, or make the call and say, do you know what? We're going to have to end this call because the screaming's not apparently going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that is actually across the board. That's not even just in the world of work. Everybody, and, and that's a really good point about, you know, you're actually having to show the sort of authentic you now. You can only hide so much. And there's been, I know when I was, um, when I was in, last employed, um, one of the things the HR director said that I worked with then was, you know, bring 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 your true self to work. And most of us don't because we want to put on our professional facade that we want to put this, you know, we're very good at what we do and we want to come across in a certain way. And do you know what? That's great in, in the main, but we're not in those times now. It doesn't mean, as you say, Deborah, that you can't do a good job. You can't demonstrate your knowledge. You can't do that. You've just got other other limitations sometimes that come with it and you know what that's fine okay. yeah yeah absolutely I was on a call with somebody the other day and um it was quite entertaining because her daughter decided to join the call um and and but was behind her and because there's several of them I think Geraldine you said you know sort of several adults all in the same house so they're all in different rooms and she was in in the bedroom and so what we found was that the, the daughter um was now on the bed underneath the covers playing hide and seek which of course she couldn't see but I could <laughs> and, and it's just because of course I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm like wait um, and I think we see that now in lots of different things where suddenly you'll see somebody waving and you know pretty much for sure that a child a dog something has appeared that the person is unaware of um, and we're all actually engaging with them as well and it just shows that 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 human side of us, that there, there are these other pieces. Um, so thank you both very much. Geraldine, is there anything you'd like to say just to, you know, to wrap up any final tips or suggestions for people? Yeah, it, really, it's about, I think, most important thing is to just find a bit of joy in every day because it feels a little bit like we have Groundhog Day every day. You know, the, the, I don't know about you, but the weekends are not feeling weekendy anymore. They're just, it's just they're, another they're day. Just, <laughs> you know, this is kind of um, a holding pattern time we're in. We're not looking to make any, you know, amazing things or surprises or build or, you know, it is holding and that's fine. So find a little bit of happiness and joy in every day so that, you know, that carries you through to the next day. That is really wonderful. I like that idea. Thank you, Geraldine. And Sam, anything else from you? I think actually it's be kind. 
you know what well, we're all we're all going through tough times we're all um in unprecedented you know uncharted waters and actually we're going to be here for a while so even if on some you know end of the week we find that we have some lifting of some form of restrictions it's not going away in the foreseeable so i think actually it's being tolerant it's being kind and it's also supporting each other not just from a work point of view but each other as much as you can um, you know, I, I think I, I found I've never I think Geraldine said at the start, I've never used Zoom so much. Um, and actually, I love I love seeing people. Normally, I can't stand the thought of getting on and putting myself on a video. But we were talking about this before we came on. But it's lovely to see people because actually at the moment it's the only way you can. So find, find some normality, as Geraldine said as well, find something that makes you happy. Um, because out of all these things, there's always something that good will come out of it. And I, th- I think genuinely there will be. There'll be a lot of hard hardship the other side of this, but good things will also come too. Absolutely. Um, and, and I agree completely with that and being kind. And, and if you look at the goodness that's coming out, even if it's not feeling like it, but, you know, just look at nature and the world around us right now and how it's responding to the lack of us, um, <laughs> you, you know, and how quickly is rebounding and, and, you know, reinvigorating itself. And and so if nothing else, we can say, well, actually, we have made a difference by by staying at home. We've done our bit to help, you know, everybody and taking the joy in those little things being kind, as you said, Sam, as well, it is just so important. So thank you both very much. Um, and thank you every much, every, every much, everyone for attending. Um, take care and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bridging Gaps, the business podcast. Next week, I'll be joined by Lindsay Milner, and Jade Binstead. Both of them will be sharing their experiences of lockdown and how it's impacted them as well as how it's impacted their business or their ways of working. So I look forward to seeing you then. And if in the meantime, you're thinking about starting your own podcast, why not take up my five-day podcast challenge? You can sign up for it at podcastconcierge.com forward slash five that's the number not the word so five hyphen day hyphen podcast hyphen challenge details are also in the show notes have a great week you've been listening to deborah levitt on bridging gaps the business podcast